Hello, everyone. This is the Scarlet Nation podcast. I'm John Otterstead, and I am Bobby Darren, the editor of the Scarlet Nation website. We're so thankful for you guys to be with us today. We're excited to talk about Rutgers basketball. It is finally here. Rutgers met Fairfield in an exhibition to benefit Team Legrand at the Rack just a few days ago. Came away with a victory, and we're going to talk all about it and a little bit about what we can expect for this upcoming season. So, Bobby, let's just start with a little opening uh, you know, assessment of what you saw the other day. What did you think of this first outing at Rutgers? You know, I was impressed, John. I, I liked what I saw. Um, you know, early on it was a close game. Uh, Rutgers, you know, it put, pulled away and, and, and scored some points, went to some different avenues to score some points. Um, there was a lot of layers in what I saw. But initially, you know, um, Fairfield was better than – is going to be better than any of the low majors that, that Rutgers plays this year and probably on par with Temple as well. Um, and, you know, they, they did what they had to do. They shut them down without Caleb McConnell. I think there was a lot of promising signs in there. Some guys who didn't get as much of an opportunity last year uh, really took advantage of more minutes. Uh, I know it was just an exhibition game. It was a little vanilla, but, I mean, you know, th- they did what they had to do going up and down the court. And uh, I, I think there's a lot of uh, heightened expectations after watching that game. It was fun to see Jay Young come back to Rutgers, a place where he served as an assistant. His team last year was 15 and 18, but as you said, they're supposed to be a lot better this year. And my initial assessment looking at them, I thought that was a legit team out there. They mm-hmm. were they were particularly good on the perimeter. They were bombing from three-point, and Rutgers bombed in another way from three points in terms of uh, Cam Spencer. We were all excited to see him light it up from downtown, but I guess that wasn't to be in his first outing. Yeah, and, you know, I thought he was a little tight. He looked a little tight playing that way. Uh, you know, first game for Rutgers, uh, wants to go out there and do a lot. And, uh, he just didn't look uh, relaxed out there, if, if I can put it that way. And uh, But still did some decent things, and it came away with 10 points. I mean, four of them came at the end. But if you can get 10 points out of him every game, it'll be a success. I mean, nobody's expecting him to come in and, and score the, the 18 or whatever he scored last year at Loyola, Maryland, uh, where he led the Patriot League. But if he can come in and give you double digits, um, it, it, it'll be successful. And you saw some of his drives to the hole. He's, he's not a guy like a Jacob Young that's going to lose you, but he's he's, he's crafty um, and precise, and, and he can make some of those shots uh, in a different type of way than Jacob Young would do, obviously. But uh, I think he's a guy that will sh- will shoot well from downtown. It just looked like he was a little tight to me the first time out. Yeah, he, de- he definitely – some of his shots look a little ill-advised. As you say, he looked a little stiff. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think you're going to see that a lot from him. You know, but on the on the plus side, you know, he had a steal seven minutes into the game. He ended up on the floor twice that I recall. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of showed how hard he played. A little bit of that grittiness that you'll see from, uh, you know, Paul Mulcahy or something like that. Paul Mulcahy might not have the foot speed, but he'll throw his body in front of someone, sacrifice mm-hmm. himself. I saw a little bit of that in Spencer. Um, and then you know, I was thinking, well, maybe he played Fairfield last year. Let's see how he did. And I looked back and. They did play Fairfield last year, and he had 20 points against them, and he was two from two from behind the arc. So clearly it wasn't like he's outclassed against Fairfield. He just had a bad game. Yeah, and it's an exhibition game, too. It's just getting his feet wet. So I'm not willing to look at that and go, oh, this guy's not going to work out. Um, But like I said, I'm not expecting him to lead the team in scoring, but, you know, can contribute. He'll hit some threes, and um, I I think, you know, he'll play his role. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, Cliff Amarui because as soon as that game started, 
he was all over the court. It felt like every time he touched the ball or he did something, he was trying to showcase a different element of his game. What did you think of Cliff in this one? I mean, I thought he was phenomenal. And, you know, watching him shoot from the perimeter, it, it looks like he's comfortable shooting the ball. And, and it's not like, you know, he's pressing, he's not pushing the ball. I mean, he, he looks like, he's, you know, a, a decent shooter out there. And that's what he's going to have to do to get drafted in the NBA. And, um, you know, if this first game is any indication of how he's going to play this year in, in terms of perimeter shooting, it's a great sign for Rutgers because if he can really – knock down shots and and complement that with his inside game, he's really going to be a dangerous weapon. Yeah, he scored the team's first six points. Uh, I think it was 40 seconds into the game he scored. He tacked the glass. Then he had a rebound a few seconds later. Then he had a two-pointer uh, just inside the three-point line, which showcases that outside game that you were talking about. Um, then he had another little hook shot close to the basket two minutes into the game. It was like the first two minutes were just glyph, 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 glyph. Mm-hmm. And it was just fun to see him try all these different things and show these facets to his game. Yeah, and if, like I said, if he can just bring that every night, look out. Now, like I said, it was just an exhibition game. He wasn't playing, you know, a dominant big man. But these are all great signs uh, for the season. And those shots are going to be available. You don't have Ron and Gio on the court. Um, you know, they took a lot of shots, and, and, and they demanded the ball quite a bit. So, uh, with Cliff freed up, he could be a much more focal point of the offense. And if those shots start falling, he's really going to be impossible to defend. Yeah, think about it. He had that little fadeaway shot. He had that point, that shot right inside the three-point line. He had the three. Like, I don't know. It was not the Cliff. I used to watch him play all the time in high school. And he'd go up to the foul line. You're like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> and yeah, But then again, he hadn't played much up until that point. He was relatively new to the game. You know, I always find that when I look at people's stats across a college career, their shooting percentages generally don't improve that much, or especially their shooting percentage from the line. Um, but I think that changes when you're talking about somebody who's still learning the game. And it's clear that Cliff is just improving by leaps and bounds every single year. Yeah, that's a great point. And you, you, and I go back to he just looked comfortable shooting. You remember when you used to watch him in in high school? He looked kind of you know herky jerky motion. It just didn't look smooth. He looked smooth the other night. Oh yeah, it was awesome, awesome. So uh, I don't know who else was was looking good to you out there. I thought Mawat Mag had a nice game, and and not really surprised because he you, you've seen flashes of that, but he's been hampered by injuries his first two years, and he was also playing behind Ron Harper. Um, not a lot of minutes to go around, so he didn't have a, a, a really an extended period of time much to do that. But you remember last year when they upset number one Purdue, uh, it was Mawad who carried them through the first part of the game. You guys weren't scoring, and I think he had like seven of the first ten. Um, so you know he was a big part in that win, even though you know he didn't wind up with the with the thirty points that Ron Harper had. He, he kept them in at a, an important time and made some shots and. And he was being more aggressive um, the other night and, you know, looking for his shot more. I think he's a guy that could really have a breakout year. He can do a lot of little things. Right. So he scored 15 points, eight rebounds, uh, had a steal. Really, it was just a nice stat line for him. 0 for 2 from three-point, but uh, 3 for 5 from the foul line. Um, you know, it was it 10 points in the first half? So that it, it was definitely like the Mawat Mag show and Cliff Amarui show early on because I felt like every time I turned around, Mawat was doing something. And if he wasn't scoring, he was doing something on defense, moving, just looked athletic. Somebody who you go, all right, this is somebody who's ready to step forward for the guys this year. 
Yeah, and he's very active, and you love to see that. Like Cliff too, you know these are these are active guys on both ends of the floor, and and Mawat's not just going to be counted on for his defense, which he's a very good defender as well. But um, it, it was real pro- real promising to see him perform so well. First time he had the ball, he drove right to the basket, picked up two points. His second shot was a three pointer, kind of going that Cliff Amaruli way, inside outside game, trying to show some different facets. I thought he ran the ball well. He played tough defense. He was stronger going to the basket than I recall last year. I remember sometimes I thought he would strong going to the basket, but, I mean, he just looked like a stud out there the other day. Uh, showed a little bit of a developing mid-range game. Showed greater confidence. Uh, I don't know, Overall, I was pretty happy with what I saw. And, you know, it kind of falls in line with what Steve Peichel's done since he's been at Rutgers. I mean, he's just developed guys. Ron Harper Jr. was not a big-time recruit. Geo Baker was not a big-time recruit. Uh, he took these guys in and really helped mold them into into really good basketball players. We didn't see Caleb McConnell out there, but, you know, he's the reigning defensive player of the year in the Big Ten, which is no small feat. So Pike's M.O. has been develop, 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 and, and you're seeing that carry on with, with Mag and, and Amarui. I remember Mag's senior year. I don't know how many years he played there. He played at that. Oh, gosh, it's escaping me at the moment. But his high school team was basically an all-star team. All mm-hmm. five guys who started, he, he was the sixth man, if I recall. The five starters were all studs, like top 100-level studs. And there weren't many minutes. There weren't many shots to be given. And he, when he went out there, he just kind of played in his role. And his role was the defensive specialist to run the court. And that's how he came to Rutgers. And I think he's really had to learn over these past couple of years how to – well, first, he accepted the role that he had in high school when he first came to Rutgers, but now he's learning a new role, which is to be someone you can count on on both ends of the floor. Yeah, and, and you know, it takes time to do that development, and, and Piper was talking him up a lot over the last couple of years, even though he wasn't playing a ton, and, and we're starting to see that. And, you know, I know some people will doubt Piper, you know, well, he's not recruiting the, the high-level guys coming off of two NCAA tournament runs, but until he falters, I can't knock the guy. I I have to when we're on the Scarlet Nation message board and someone criticizes Pykel, I have to like fight myself not to delete it just because <laughs> I, I'm thinking to myself like what more could you want from this guy? You've all you were all along for the ride with us over the past 30 years. I was a senior in high school the last time Rutgers made the NCAA tournament, and like I I had before this little run, I had never seen good basketball. Maybe a little you know, little treats here and there through the years where the team looked like they were flirting with the NCAA tournament, but always followed by just the depths of despair. And so what you see right now, you go, you always wanted to have that coach who was the smartest guy in the room. And Rutgers has the guy who, you know, most of the time is is a, is a smarter, better coach uh, when he's going up against someone. So no complaints from this guy. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I was sitting up in a, in a, in a press row and, uh, well, it wasn't a large turnout. I was there with uh, Brian Fonseca and Jerry Carino, and I said to them, you know, uh, more to Jerry because Brian wasn't around for the, for the Eddie Jordan days. Uh, but I said, this looks like an Eddie Jordan-type crowd in the exhibition game because it was just the bottom level that was full. You know, the student section was kind of sparse. I mean, it was just an exhibition game. But that's what it looked like when Eddie was here, you remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just everything about this program is different. There's the swagger of the players. The I, I – you know, you were at the game. I watched it on television. Uh, I even just, they, they did this great interview with Geo Baker. Geo was just talking about 
I, I, first of all, it's just all, it's like Gio's a, like a star. I don't know. He's like an entity right now. And we, when he was, he was talking about the team, he was talking about the players, the optimism he has for the program. Uh, he was talking a lot about the next person I want to talk to you about, um, the freshman um, Simpson, Derek Simpson. And, um, you know, I don't know, just like times are different. <laughs> the things are changing. Um, and I loved what Baker was talking about, how he's hanging around the program. He's a resource to the players. He's a resource to Simpson, who he admits looks a whole heck of a lot like him. Um, so let's jump over to Simpson right now. What do you think of him? Not really an electric player on the offensive end. I mean, can create his own shot, can put the ball in the hole. Just a real exciting player. Um, kind of what we saw during those, those uh, preseason practices, you know, he's a guy that could get to the rim, uh, could really make some dynamic plays. Um, and I've said before, though, the one concern you have is, is he's just a true freshman. How will he hold up through a, a full Big Ten 20-game season where the guys are more physical? Because when you get up close to him, you realize he's just a, you know, he looks like a kid. And, uh, you know, he's got to get a little weight on. But, man, he, he is really good with the ball in his hands. And, and Rutgers really needs that. They need that guy who can create his own shot and, and, and you know, kind of, kind of do his own thing out there when everybody is, you know, shots aren't falling enough and get it to the hole. And, um, you know, it's going to be fun to watch him play. I think he'll play probably 20 to 25 minutes a game. Here's what I like about this kid. First time down the court, shoots a three, misses. Elliot, it's your first time playing a college basketball game. That could deter you from wanting to shoot the next time you get the ball. But not this kid. He comes mm-hmm. down the court the next time, drains a three. Then the next time he gets the ball, drains another three. You know, he didn't let that first miss deter him. And he played some aggressive defense. I think he had three fouls in the first half, which mm-hmm. is because, once again, he's not afraid to go up against these big, you know, well, this wasn't Big Ten players, but, you know, Division One basketball players. So, overall, just very impressive outing from, from my perspective. You, you, and you love to see that because Pike knows how to get these kind of tough, gritty-type players. But, you know, um, Simpson's a guy that comes in with with an offensive game already to him, so it's, it's going to be fun to watch it, how he develops this year and and just what he can do on and in both ends of the court really. Check out this stat line: five of seven from the field, two of three from three point line. He had a rebound, he had a steal. I mean, actually two steals. Uh, that's a freshman playing his first game of college ball. Yeah, and you know Rutgers only had four three pointers, so half of them belonged to him. Yeah, that. that that was one little thing I would have liked to have seen Rutgers defend the three a little bit better and shoot the three a little bit better. I'm not really didn't check the stats overall, but I get the impression that they got uh, roasted in the three point differential between the <laughs> teams. And also, you have to remember Caleb McDonald's not out there, so defensively, he just brings that whole nother dimension um, to the floor. Yeah. And overall, when I was watching, I didn't think Rutgers was turning up the defensive pressure that much. It seemed like they were letting them get their shots. But then when you look at it, they had 24 points off of turnovers, 46 points in the paint. Um, so I, overall, I guess they were playing pretty intense, even though it didn't always seem like it. Yeah, and, and you know, I was impressed with Fairfield. Like, uh, you know, Rutgers dropped those games last year, uh, you know, uh, the, the the DePaul and the UMass and the um, the Lafayette game. And this team is better than all those teams in, in from what I saw. Um I just thought they were a better team, better players, better coached. So for them to come out and, and kind of handle them, it, it's a very promising sign. So, you know, you have some low majors this year that they scheduled. Rutgers should run through all of them. Uh, they should beat Temple. 
Um, so you know you have some some other uh, some other games early on, you know, against uh, you know high majors. But those those other ones, uh, I expect Rutgers to just roll. Now, Bobby, I want to ask you how concerned we should be about this stat here. Rutgers only had 14 bench points as opposed to 36 from Fairfield's bench. Uh, you look down here, nothing from Antonio Cho, obviously playing his first game, nothing from Dean Reber, nothing from Jalen Miller, nothing from Antoine Wolfolk. Even though I thought Antoine Wolfolk and Jalen Miller both looked athletic and aggressive out there, um, mm-hmm. no, no points. Uh, you know, two, point, two, point, two, point, two points from Wolfolk. Yeah, I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, he likes to use that. I know Wolfolk came in and hit a, hit a bucket. He wasn't really looking for a shot, but... You know, Pico likes to use a short bench, and if you look back to last year, you didn't really see guys pouring in points off the bench. Now, when Caleb comes back, you're going to get to bring someone off the bench, um, whether it be Mag or, or Hyatt. I'm, I'm assuming it'll be Hyatt. Um, but then you could bring Hyatt and Simpson off the bench and Reber, who we didn't see much of. You know, I heard he was a little banged up and they didn't want to play him too much. But I think those three guys coming off the bench, if you have Simpson – uh, Hyatt and Reber coming off the bench, you have the potential to score some points. So I, w- I wouldn't get too hung up on it uh, this early because, um, it, you know, it, what, they weren't at full strength without Caleb. And, and you know, Pike has a history of just going to about eight guys a game. Now, I know you weren't overly excited about Hyatt in this game. And my first when I first look at him, I go, all right, he's got a little bit of that size of, like, Ron Harper Jr. He's, he's a little tall, you know, not – huge, but he's got a little bulk to him. I thought he moves well. He's aggressive at times. His stat line was better when I looked back than I thought it was. He scored 13 points, four or six field goals, one or two from the three-point line, four or four free throws. Um, how many rebounds do you have here? Four rebounds. He had a steal. Overall, not a bad outing for, for Hyatt. Yeah, and, and he did some decent things. And I'm still uh, willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because I felt like last year he just he just couldn't find his niche. You know, his minutes weren't uh, that extensive. Uh, he was coming in sometimes trying to do a little too much in a little little bit of time. So I, I'm willing to give him some games and see what he can do this year. But I, I expect him to be a guy that will come off the bench um, and, and try to bring some juice. And, um, you know, he is kind of that in-between guy. He's not that, you know, prolific outside shooter. He, he can go inside and bang a little bit, but he, but, you know, uh, he can do a lot of different things, and I think if he can adjust to that role and find his niche, he'll be a lot more productive this year. I felt like last year he just he just didn't couldn't find his niche throughout the, his first season at Rutgers. I think he hit the nail on the head. That was what I felt. I go, who does this guy want to be? Because it seemed like he wanted to be the go-to guy who could do a little bit of everything, but it didn't seem like he could do a little bit of everything. He'd take, take some ill-advised shots on the outside. Uh, didn't seem like he had that stroke in him. And, uh, you know, hopefully this year he finds that role. Right. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he how he fares because he is going to have more minutes. And last year was Ron was taking up so many minutes, Ron, Caleb, Geo. I mean, it, it just wasn't a lot of time. And, and when you go in on it, and if you know you're only getting a three-minute run or four-minute run, sometimes you, you are a little rushed with doing things and you're not comfortable taking the shots. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how he fares with a little more playing time. Now, Jalen Miller, we mentioned before, he played some tough defense. He moves well. He's smooth. You don't mind throwing him on the other team's top scorer. Uh, not much offense to him. I'm not sure this is going to be the year where we see it, although you hear some rumblings from practice that he showed something on offense here and there. It would be nice to see him expand in that area. 
Yeah, I, I still think he's going to have that specialty role where he just plays defense, and if you see him at the end of the game, so he'll, he'll come out in that last two minutes on the offensive end and go back in on defense. I just, you know, I, I don't know if it's at the level where it needs to be where where Pike can keep him on the floor quite a bit and turn to him. And, and you have Derek Simpson now, uh, you know, giving you that point production on the offensive end. So um, Miller does play a heck of a defense. If you combine him, his defense with Simpson's offense, you'd have one heck of a player. But, um, you know, I, I think his role will be a specialty one again this year. Now, I look at Wolfolk and Chol, two guys who did not, you know, do much in the stat line. I think only two points between the two of them. But I can see, that, you know, because we know that Peichel has this history of developing players, you know that the odds of one of them turning out to be a standout in the future is pretty high. Both excite me because Chol is this kid who didn't, wasn't even on the radar. Next thing you know, he de- well, not declassified, but he reclassifies from class of 2024 to 2000. Uh, excuse me, 23 to 22, comes in, and he, he's long, he's athletic, he moves well. Uh, I, I like the look at him already. I, I can't wait to see what happens in the future. I look at Wolfolk, a kid who was going to play football, and when I when I, when I I first went to see him, I go like, all right, he's going to look like a Ophi football player. <laughs> What's going to come of this guy? And he – I don't know. He, he looks athletic. He looks like somebody who down the road is going is to be an impact player in some capacity. Uh, probably a, you know, a little too little of a look to really come to that grand conclusion, but he's definitely not an oaf, and he's definitely somebody who they can work with. Yeah, and I agree with you there. From the first time I saw him at practice, I, was, I wasn't expecting a ton out of him. You know, kind of, you know, why is, why is the coaching staff going into Cleveland to get this guy who was, you know, going to play football first? It just seemed like an odd fit, and he, he looks smooth. I mean, I mean, like when he moved, he, he didn't look like a, you know, uh, like you expected, like a football player transitioning to basketball. Um, he he really, you know, has some tools to work with, and you're only going to need him to really do cleanup duty for Cliff this year, um, and that will allow Dean Raber to play uh, stretch four more and won't have to guard those bigs. So you're not looking for a ton out of Wolfolk. Maybe some spot minutes here and there if Cliff gets into foul trouble. Just defend. Um, you're not really looking, expecting much, I should say, on the offensive end. But um, if he can come in and do a, a, an adequate job defensively in, in spell Cliff, uh, it'll be a winning situation. Yeah, maybe I'm an eternal optimist, but I feel like this team definitely has some postseason potential. I think they have to stay healthy. Um, already, you, know, you look at McConnell is a little banged up. Reber's obviously not at 100%, or maybe he's getting there right now. Um, Rutgers has been lucky the past few years in the, in the injury department. Nothing that really took them away from uh, their postseason aspirations. I think they're going to have to be especially lucky this year if they want to you know, keep playing into uh, March Madness. What do you think? Yeah, I, I really do. And I think that, um, you know, the, if if you take one or two injuries, it hit kind of hard. It, it, it's really going to force some guys into more minutes than they might be ready for at this point, but this has the makings of a team, if they can stay healthy, that can return to the NCAA tournament, and it's a different dynamic with this team. Uh, that's what I think I'm most intrigued about is how this team will be different, because we're used to what it was with Gio and, and Ron, um, and now it's it's different. You have some you know guys playing different roles, and if Cliff can, can like we spoke about earlier, really produce offensively from in a variety of ways, he's going to be super dangerous, and that's going to free up a lot of other guys to score as well. Yep. Well, listen, well, let's end it here. Rutgers has another game coming up.
just a few days. We'll we'll circle back and talk about that. We'll talk about the most likely destruction that will occur at the hands of Michigan. I had a, oh I had a um a trick or treater come to my house the other day. A little kid, uh, eight years old, dressed as Jim Harbaugh. I had to give him uh, a little bit of hard time. I came. This is what we're this is what we're dealing with. We're in New Jersey. And there's a kid who is, a, is such a big Michigan fan that he dresses up as Jim Harbaugh for Halloween. You know, he I looked at me like I was crazy when I said, where's your where's your Greg Schiano costume? <laughs> I don't know if I'd let my kid go out as Harbaugh for Halloween. Oh, that, so is the state that we live in, right? Where <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's an odd one. Odd costume of the night. Maybe he got that award. How many states would you have a kid walking around dressed as Jim Harbaugh except New Jersey? It's the Northeast. Not a lot of... I don't know, loyalty to the state schools, but you know what? Greg is in the process of turning this thing around. It's going to take a little longer than maybe we hoped, but he's going to, he'll get it there. And of course, basketball has turned around. So good, good times in the Rutgers world these days. Definitely. Definitely. All right, everybody. Hey, listen, thank you so much for coming to the Scarlet Nation podcast. We value your time that you spend with us. Every time you come here and listen, we value your time when you come to the website, please check out our articles, come to the round table VIP message board. That's where it all goes down. You can hang out, talk to me, Bobby, Sean, everybody else who's part of the team. And uh, until we see you next time, thank you again.